item 20 and uh, i got diagnosed with bipolar recently hmm. so before that obviously there were a lot of mood swings but i really did not know that uh, i had bipolar disorder so there was no way of managing it uh, it uh, affected my relationship with people a lot so, yeah hmm. it has been a bumpy ride the covid pandemic and lockdown have created a deep impact on our mental health Many Indians have reported feeling increased levels of stress, anxiety and even depression. How are people with mental illnesses dealing with uh, the isolation and the continued upheaval to our everyday lives? On this podcast for World Mental Health Day, Fit speaks to two people with mental health disorders, Maria and Isha. How have they managed their mental health during the lockdown? Pandemic related anxiety and how the news during this time has triggered them. and how they keep themselves mentally healthy we also consult with dr rukshida saida on self care tips how to manage our stress in the lockdown and how to adjust to our new normal isha is a 20 year old who's been treated for anxiety since november 2019 and recently got diagnosed with bipolar disorder type 1 in mid february 2020 isha welcome thank you so much for joining us Can you tell me a little bit about your bipolar disorder and how you knew you had it what were some of the symptoms that you felt I had read about it earlier but I never really thought that I would have it I read it on in about it on Instagram or uh, one of my patient's father is also bipolar so okay. uh, she had a rough time managing uh, things at her place because of the way her father's disorder was ruining the relationship so basically uski karan i used to read about it a lot to help her and stuff like that but i never really thought that i would have it but then uh when i was getting treated for anxiety the medication wasn't really working like every time i would go to the doctor i would uh, she would ask me how is she i would always say i'm fine and then my mother would say that no she's not okay she's just pretending to be okay and everything so my mom would always tell the doctor honestly so, so we talked about basically how things are so i went on to tell him that some days i'm like i would feel as if i could like conquer the whole damn world i could do anything i just had this feeling ki ha yaar i can do everything and then mm-hmm. i would just make crazy plans i would draw charts saying i wanted to come in the list of popes uh, 30 under 30 and then there were days when i wouldn't get out of the bed no matter what anyone tried i wouldn't just get out of the bed so i described how i felt and mainly it was uh, the mood swings and uh, i would talk really fast like i had speech problem when mm-hmm. i would start talking i would just go on and on bahut speed mein baat karne lag jate so that mm-hmm. was one of the major symptoms Can you tell me how the lockdown in particular has sort of um, impacted that? Uh generally I think that if the lockdown wasn't there I would have gotten much better by now mm-hmm. but being having to stay at one place constantly because we couldn't go out we couldn't meet people and I particularly do not uh, share a a very good connection with my parents at an emotional level we not we don't really talk in everything that would mm-hmm. feel really lonely there wouldn't i count on a lot of my friends i couldn't meet them mm-hmm. then there were other problems sometimes i just needed to be held like i just needed mm-hmm. to physically hold someone and mm-hmm. cry but mm-hmm. i couldn't meet anyone because of the whole pandemic thing going on mm-hmm. so that really really impacted me a lot and then 
I just started feeling really isolated. And even though no one was at fault in particular, obviously, but somehow I would just feel like everyone has just abandoned me and shit mm. like that. So that impacted me in a very negative way. Like mm. if I would have had a low of, say, on a scale of 1 to 10, if I would have normally had a low of minus 2, it went on to minus 10 because of the whole corona thing going on. Hmm. So how is because I mean Corona thing and the lockdown is still going on only. So how are you sort of finding um or are you able to sort of find any uh, balance? I started with therapy. You no, know, uh, after mm-hmm. a couple of months, uh, I was on medication for a couple of months initially, but then I uh, I started with therapy and therapy kind of really helped. After mm-hmm. each session, I would just sit down and note down my therapy. She used to tell me that I would I should note down the key things that I learned. So for every session, we had like uh, one particular topic of discussion. Like uh, in one session, we would talk about anger management. In some particular session, we would talk about uh, dealing with my childhood trauma. So that really helps. After each session, I would just sit down and uh, write the key highlight things that I learned. So mm-hmm. when I would feel that certain way, like uh, when I would feel hurt maybe, so I would go back to that page and I would read and then I would try applying that. Yeah, it's always an up and down uh, journey with medications and, you know, following therapy. Um, so what other sort of forms of, you know, um, self-care? How else did you, you know, try to take uh, care of yourself or, you know, pay attention to your mental health a little bit more and try to focus on getting that better? So mm-hmm. during this lockdown, particularly, I, I don't think I would have talked to people if not open up okay. It's this lockdown wouldn't have been there, like pros and cons basically. So um, I would just maybe sometimes put up a story on Instagram, like I have a private account for the close people. And then I guess that helped me to reach out to more people because I think uh, somehow I just feel like uh, when I'm around people, I'm very much in control. But when I'm alone at home, mm-hmm. I just sort of break down. Right. Because of this whole lockdown thing going on, there were a lot of breaking points, a lot of times and I just felt like I couldn't take it anymore. One side, like mm-hmm. I was like, this is the end of the damn world. And then mm-hmm. I just overdosed. I wrote a suicide note and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is all done. And then when I woke up the next day, I was hospitalized because my mom was trying to wake me up, but I wasn't getting up. So she, I was hospitalized and the risk mm-hmm. there. And I was just thinking, how did I end up here? What mm. got me to this point? I'm so sorry, Isha. That sounds horrible. But uh, it's it's great that your mom was with you at that time. Has the lockdown changed your relationship with your family and your parents? Both of my parents are working. So they're busy in their own lives. But during this lockdown, we started watching movies together. We would discuss about things. And then even if I had to cry, I would always go outside of my house and cry because I was like, what do I explain to the entire situation? But because I never really thought they would understand. But during the whole lockdown thing, we started talking a lot. I got a lot closer to my mother. The lockdown has been difficult for everyone. But it has been especially difficult for those who already have mental illnesses. I want to introduce Dr. Rikshida Sayada. Welcome, doctor. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? If I'm somebody with a chronic psychiatric illness that needs to go to the hospital and get my medications from there, 
that's become challenging, isn't it? Because there was a lot of out-of-pocket expenses, which was again uh, difficult. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, people who have been, um, uh, you know, lucky enough to be with families or in a protective and protected environment and mm-hmm. have not had to strive for um, um, food and basic necessities and everything. Um, so a lot. So that has brought about some kind of stability because it has made uh, life a little less stressful. Mm. Um, especially people with, let's say, young people struggling with social anxiety, a lot of them have reported very positive effects and impacts of it because now the you know schools and colleges are online, so they don't that extra stress and burden, and they have thrived. Thankfully, you know, uh, uh, the government and stepped the uh, state stepped in and they changed the they upgraded some of the laws for telepsychiatry and telemedicine, so that's helped a lot of people as well. Now, more people are finding it accessible and possible to see their psychiatrists. Like I have young people who have who are now working more, unfortunately, but they mm-hmm. can take a half an hour break and have a session and have a consultation. Um, unfortunately, those people who are now struggling with mental health issues that did not have previously, they yeah. are finding it a little bit more challenging now because A, the recognition is not so great. B, there's so much of confusion in terms of is it COVID-related? Is it mental health issues? Do they need to see a psychiatrist? And access to just regular doctors, even family physicians, is challenging because people are told to avoid going to hospitals and clinics unless and until they have to. Can you tell me some of the issues that people are coming to you with, that people are coming to their mental health professionals with in the lockdown? What sort of things have cropped up or have gotten amplified? Um, so since the lockdown, uh, there's been an increase in uh, health-related anxieties. Hmm. Uh, there has been increased in psychosomatic symptoms. There has been increase in uh, anxieties and panic attacks um, because of uh, the worry about something might happen and people are going to fall sick and there's a lot of worry about, oh, if somebody might have to go into quarantine and hmm. they might not come back. Uh, so that, that's definitely a lot of increase in those uh, um, uh, in those um, cases. There's also increase in depressive symptoms that are either secondary to anxiety or depression in itself because people are less some people are more isolated away from friends and away from you know social activities maybe where they're cooped up and they're in the house uh, where they are not used to being that. A lot of older people over 55 and 60 who were used to working now like just the other day I had a session with a doctor and she was like 28 years of my life I've been working every single day and now since the last six months my family is not allowing me to work because I'm a certain age and I have comorbidities and I'm mm. going out of my mind now I don't know what to do and I just need to need to get out so people who are not used to not working have also found it challenging because there's only so much television you can watch only so many activities you can do um, even though they're trying to remain healthy and indulge in uh, you know recreational activities but also taking care of their health in terms of physical exercises and yoga but because there is a lack of productivity in some people that's been difficult for them and that's increasing sense of uh, kind of isolation as well as uh, depression um as far as people with uh, you know other chronic illnesses or serious illnesses like schizophrenia and ocd are concerned 
unfortunately they are coming to the psychiatrist later so mm. they are you know the access to care is later and so the treatment the starting treatment is later so those are some things that we are noticing we've also been talking about mental health a lot more in the lockdown there's been a lot of discussion in the media on uh, bipolar disorder on depression on mental illness a lot of it has been misrepresented um as a professional could you talk about you know not only how triggering that is for people with mental disorders but how it is to see the mental health discourse be so misrepresented and stereotyped as a lot of my clients and my patients have been talking about how uh, news or even when they're not really trying to they're trying to avoid news channels or newspapers and twitter but uh, you know there's something that just get triggered in and a lot of it's trigger, triggering in terms of not just the suicide and the extra and the negative and the misinformation about suicide mm-hmm. uh, that's prevalent nowadays but also about how people are talking about mental health and so everybody with a social media platform now talks about things with an authority Okay. about things that they don't know so that's been prevalent mm-hmm. for some time but now because it is so much a mental health is so much of focus um so it's really triggering quite a lot and it's not just about suicide nowadays there's also a lot mm-hmm. about sexual violence and yeah. molestations and rapes and that's triggering a lot of people mm-hmm. with trauma uh also so it's uh, so it's difficult to kind of like navigate any kind of social media nowadays without having some kind of issues just treating on a personal level there are times that i feel like screaming because i feel mm. so much of good work that we've done in terms of awareness mm. normalizing talking about mental health psychiatric illnesses encouraging mm. people to take help you know trying to remove stigma from medications all of that kind of just gets undone um with just a couple of tweets here and there by people who have a voice that they're using and misusing mm. unfortunately people are then checking on each other which is not necessarily a bad thing it's a good thing having said that that can again be triggering in some of the patients because mm. they feel that oh all of these days you know you didn't care and you knew that i was not doing well but now that oh it's become a fashion and everybody's talking about checking on people you're checking up on me now how does one uh take care of their mental health while living in this uh atmosphere you know that we all unfortunately have to live with first thing is to do is try and remove the trigger and remove the irritant right mm-hmm. so maybe uh switch off the notifications maybe not go on social media in thing yourself from um seeing and viewing and um engaging in these kind of maybe arguments or conversations is a you know self preservatory first step um mm-hmm. uh, so the second thing what you definitely can do is that uh, you know reach out to your mental health professional speak about it talk about it get some perspective get some clarity venting is so mm-hmm. important you know it's okay to kind of get mad at the entire world because they're doing this to you knowingly or unknowingly and irresponsibly for that matter mm-hmm. um uh, you know speaking to other people other mental health allies that you might have in your social circles or mm-hmm. family circles is also very reassuring and if you do feel that no your symptoms are increasing in terms of anxiety or depression or you're feeling more hopeless and helpless definitely see a psychiatrist mm. um there may be an increase in your illness that may require uh, adjustment of medications or starting medications to begin with um 
uh, also because you know the sustained amount of stress that we've been over the last six months, and that gets overimposed with the uh, stress right now. That can increase your risk of having a psychiatric illness, and the most common psychiatric illness is like depression and anxiety. What are some self-care tips that people can do when they're triggered, um, and also in general to stay mentally healthy during the lockdown? that may help somebody with either a mental health issue who's getting triggered is that yes you know look after your lifestyle look after your uh, healthy routines um uh, if you've not been very um, actively doing your healthy routines maybe get back to them in terms of uh, balanced meals regular meals good and adequate sleep mm. um uh, improving on your sleep hygiene techniques definitely exercising and getting physical act- uh, physical activity done improving productivity in terms of whether at work and also doing something recreational getting in touch with people that are uh, your social connections and who are fun and happy and help you know who are a positive influence and uh, a positive part of your life these are definitely things that you need to continue doing or increase doing if you're getting triggered other mm. things that you could do is channelize your frustration or your ventage or you know venting in a positive manner or mm. you know maybe about writing a blog or uh, writing uh, or posting or sharing positive quotes that might help you and motivate you that may or may not be you know aimed at some helping somebody else but just by sharing something positive a lot of the times it helps us quite a lot and other things and that is definitely something that you want to uh, also start doing is that if you've noticed something negative on social media or somewhere else also look at something positive that may that you may have seen on social media so even if it even if it that means that you see more puppy videos or kitten videos and that changes your algorithm and then you know the the organic feed is more about animals and children and toddlers laughing then great you know take that extra step and then there are those who actually benefited during the lockdown staying indoors forced to live a clean and healthy life and actually deal with their emotions welcome maria can you tell us about your journey in the lockdown so far fortunately for me i've lived with my family and mm. my family mm. has been um fairly supportive during this uh, lockdown so initially honestly i had started um, i had ended another relationship last year also so i was in a very bad mental place horrible mm. I was again relying on vices and you know finding any excuse to get drunk or you know just not being myself mostly hmm. and um it was it was it took a toll so the, also the thing with uh, BPD is that everything feels so intense so a breakup um feels tenfold you know and uh, it might be um not it might not mean that much at the you know for you for the other person at the moment but for a person with bpd it means that the whole world is crashing right before the lockdown i went to pune and i came back and then the lockdown hit i wasn't too upset about the lockdown i was uh, of course it took away a lot of uh, freedom because you couldn't move out and there was this uncertainty about what is this exactly and uh, you know given that i had just quit my job i was also uncertain that i would get another job um mm-hmm. so there was a lot of weighing on me but the fact that i didn't have a lot i didn't need a lot of human interaction was uh, something that worked in my favor because i do better with 
staying away from people but also needing their attention maybe mm-hmm. on say on text or on call maybe and uh, you know it it helps because i was like okay so this is something i need to get used to mm-hmm. um the lockdown mostly put me in a place of not constantly surrounded by people so i wouldn't be constantly you know getting this gratification that i needed so my 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 need my high was not always met um it would always it would be me by my lonesome in my room mostly mm-hmm. um working or trying to get something together and because i started gymming i would you know work out i would try to get some form of discipline in me um but it would leave me alone with my thoughts a lot of it a lot of it was just me thinking and honestly if you would were to ask a lot of people would be pretty it would be nightmares for them it is a nightmare because you're left alone with your thoughts and it just mm. goes on and on and on right yeah, but for yeah. me as much as i uh, <clears throat> hated the fact that i would sit alone with my thoughts i would just end up crying laughing out at uh, you know people around me and it would but at the end of the day i would just have to sit with it and because i had to sit with it i got significant amount of clarity on a lot of my issues mm-hmm. um because you know when it came to um, me deflecting my responsibility or my um toxic behavior um <clears throat> i said toxic because i believe it is toxic um on to other people putting making them responsible for my behavior Mm-hmm. I started sitting and writing those down and you know I would speak to my therapist and I'd be like hey I had this kind of an epiphany today and she'd be like okay why don't you write it down and let's talk about it mm-hmm. and I would sit and talk to her about it and you know we would go into the intricacies of um things and because BPD is something where it's just layers and layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. so going into it was a fun activity for me even though it it it's it honestly messed with my head at some to some extent but it was more like a you know like a project like you're reading somebody's else's mind for it for mm-hmm. a minute that's how i would think it i'd be like okay i have this thought why don't i think of it as somebody else having this thought and why don't i mm-hmm. analyze it in that context so yeah and you know initially i had gone back into that slump where i was using eating as a coping mechanism and you know i was i was doing all the whole night i was not taking my medication again i was i was uh, lashing out at people withdrew from people but also yelled at them because they wouldn't check on me the whole thing but mm-hmm. uh, slowly when i started going back to my routine where eating right happened and you know sitting with my thoughts happened i would force myself to sit with my thoughts How do you get like, back to that routine? By the grace of God, I have excellent friends in Pune. Um mm. and they would tell me, they would push me, you know, they would be like you need to do this for yourself. This is not for me. This is not for anyone. I have a fantastic personal trainer as well who would just keep checking on me to make sure that I'm okay, that I'm not eating wrong. And you know, one day I mm. think he called me up and he's like you've been doing so well so far. Oh, I don't see uh, why you want to give up half. And I told him I'm not. I can't. I just can't get up and go to the gym, or I can't go up stairs and work out. And he would be like, "You don't have to work out with me or do a proper workout. Just go out for a walk." Or then I tried picking up a little bit of projects, and I got some kind of reinforcement from there. 
Right. And then my so because I started getting reinforcement from there, uh, my anxiety started becoming a little lower. So whenever I was anxious, I would write, I would finish my project and put it aside and send it across, and I would get a commendable report from that end. So I went back on my medication. Not to say that I don't have my bad days now. I have days where I don't do anything and I'm just sitting and blowing in bed and I'm just you know looking at my laptop at my work and I'm like. I can't do this right now. I can't be here right now, and I just mm-hmm. want to run away. I have days like that, but I just now I have like vices, so to speak, healthy vices where I I have taken to cooking. Cooking is something very incredibly meditative. I think working out is the answer majorly yeah. because it regulates your brain to think and focus in one good aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing something good for your body, even if it means just running for like twenty minutes. You even if there's a placebo effect, you're happy. You know. Right. 